after breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's weird brunch Are they spicy dicey? Mm-mm Okay Those are just the regular ones I read that as dilly bitches But it's bites It should be dilly bitches Dilly bitches? Dude, those would sell Mm-hmm Mm-hmm. People have a good cuss word in their food. <laughs> like, <laughs> <egg> cunt shoes. <laughs> cunt shoes. Cuntos. <laughs> Cunchables. Cunchables. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would eat cuntos. <laughs> I would too. What flavor of Cheeto is that? I was thinking bitchy. it was like a Cheerio. <laughs> bitchy. Extra bitchy. Yeah. Cunto puffs. <laughs> yeah, like an oval Cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> red oval Cheerios. Oh, yeah. Man. They just dye Cuntos. the milk dark mm-hmm. red. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is not one of our better business Mm-mm. ideas. <laughs> there's like floating pieces of white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Marshmallow. <laughs> the marshmallows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at mm-hmm. the end, if you only eat out the Cuntos. Woo. Yeah. Um, We're having a good time yep. right now. There's also a prize in every box. This is our weird brunch because we're eating Lunchables on Karina's couch. And it's daylight out. It we're is actually daylight. doing this. Woo! One out of every 12 boxes comes with a tiny fetus inside. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're in Alabama and then you get a full baby. <laughs> then you yeah. just a whole baby. It, well, you have to save up a bunch of vouchers and then you, mm-hmm. you send them and then in you for a baby. you can get a whole baby. And it's an actual baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how adoption works, right, Lisa? Yeah. And Karina? Yeah. Came, okay. in a, came in a cereal box. How many uh, box tops were you? I think mm. I was like 15. Not too hard. I was maybe 18. Yeah. Just y- because of inflation. Inflation. Mm-hmm. Now they're like oh God. 50 box tops. They discontinued <laughs> that a long time ago. Now it's like... 50 box tops and like 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah For shipping and shipping, handling. Yep. Yeah. Well, those crates Imagine with the holes. Imagine shipping a baby. I have. It's called taking a baby on an airplane. And oh. nobody likes it. Just store it in your undercarriage. <laughs> you know. That and is what you have to do for nine months. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Can we start calling wombs an undercarriage? <laughs> oh, yeah. She's it. got something in her undercarriage. Oh. <laughs> That sounds so like Victorian. I love that. Right. She's got problems in her undercarriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we She's can't got a lot of marshmallows that. in there. <laughs> Too many marshmallows. She forgot there was a marshmallow up there already. No, oh, no. <laughs> so she like no. put a second marshmallow in. Ugh. Oh, I was thinking. <laughs> were you thinking they were like sperm or something? I thought they were like yeast infection. Ooh. I think we all had a different. What yeah. the marsh? I mean, what the, marshmallow the marshmallows and cuntos are open to interpretation. That's true. <laughs> oh. I was thinking tampons because at the end, yeah, it would be like bloody. That's water what I thought. I thought it was tampons like debris around in it. Yeah, yeah. casual, yeah. like de- yeah, undercarriage debris. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. Oops! All debris, and it would just be like. <laughs> 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 all, Oops, of all white stuff yeah <laughs> people love it they like the taste of coconut <laughs> i do okay coconut coconut well say it no welcome to weird brunch oh damn it <laughs> welcome to weird welcome brunch. to weird brunch
Should we we're, even we're, like? We're brunch, brunch, brunch. Should we even make our announcement? Yeah, because you got to say your name. Oh, that I was talking about Lisa's announcement. Oh, That's yeah. Lisa Friedrich. Oh yeah, uh, soon to be. Don't <laughs> say it. Don't. Then go I'm ahead. Keeping my name. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, I am engaged. Yay! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I almost dropped my ham. <laughs> Got too excited. Shit, so excited about the engagement. I do like that we have like this very special episode pacing that does match with Sweeps Week. Like, mm-hmm. it's almost like we have, you know, if you stay tuned, you'll like keep getting a life event every three, every, four months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like, when's your, well, I don't know, when, when's your wedding? Wedding will be in February. It's still okay. a ways off. That's perfect. That's sweeps, though. That's perfect. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get so many listeners. So if you guys yeah. could do like fall. We're planning on it, but it might not be uh, this fall. Not this fall. Okay. Well, like not even next fall. Like it might be a 2021 thing. Just a fall. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine. I'll try to come up with something for the summer. Maybe I'll. Yeah. Meet do somebody. Something. Maybe I'll meet some. I've met someone. Yes. That'll be it. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. I got back on Tinder. Yep. <laughs> Maybe or I'll like, have another baby somehow. Like, yeah, someone can like totally buy impossible. a house or get a it's dog. I'll adopt someone. I'll, yeah. I'll sign up now. Adopt. Yep. I'll start collecting my box tops. Yeah. Maybe get a. You can get a dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. You could go on a really good date and just end up married. Yep. Uh. Yeah. In my world, that's true. Like I. Yeah. I was about to say. I know you, yeah. bitch. Ooh, <sighs> you do nailed to the wall. <laughs> well, who's starting? Oh, the stories mm-hmm. for Weird Brunch, the podcast. The one? podcast we're talking right. into microphones for right now. I'll start. Ooh. There's there's some weird cities in California that are still existing cool. and they're real. Lisa, <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's it. That's it. That's the story. Alright, there's three cities that I that that only California could come up with. And of course, because they're in California, there's a movie for each one. So that's kind of fun. Alright, the first one is California City, which is the third largest city in California. Oh. What? I've never even heard of California City. And the thirty-fourth largest city in the whole country. What? Wow. By area. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it was this planned community in the desert just southwest of Death Valley that this Czech immigrant guy named what's his name? Mendelssohn. Nat Mendelssohn. Isn't that a like famous Nazi? Mm, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but not Nat. Nat is one of the good Mendelssohns. He <laughs> he Start. He bought some land in San Fernando Valley, and it went well. And he was like, "Oh man, you could just buy land and then sell it to developers, and like you're rich." And then, like that's how a lot of things in California kind of happened. They just, you know, people just bought the land before anybody else was there, and then they sold it to other people. Yeah. So he bought this huge, huge, huge ranch, and he named it California City. Eighty thousand acres. In the Mojave Desert. Oh. And it's like, I don't know, it's still kind of just northeast of Los Angeles. And the idea was that this was going to be the next Los Angeles. Like it would rival LA in size and everything. So he named it California City and he got really, really excited about it. 
so he started just building roads. Oh, I just Google image search this. <laughs> yeah. He just built wow. up. Well, at first, for, he just spent two years kind of like planning it and stuff. He was going to have a park with a lake in the middle of it and a bunch of like suburbs all around. And he planned it all out. And this was in 1958. And then he started sending out brochures while he was just hiring people frantically to build roads. And he built all the roads. Uh, started working on getting incorporated. Meanwhile, he's just trying to sell plots. Uh, And in 1960, he started to sell some, and there were a couple hundred people who bought some land, mostly investors, but a couple people even kind of just moved out there. They're like, sweet, new new city. Yay. Party. So before this, it had been a giant... (laughs) Sorry, that's such a funny, like, choice to move. Yeah. Oh, a new town. Let's go. Brand new city. Yeah, let's go. So they got their first post office in 1960 because they were incorporated, which meant he could also set up a a police station and a fire thing, and he got electricity, he got water, he got roads. He named all the roads. Um, He built miles and miles and miles of roads on what used to be this big alfalfa farm. So the whole thing was this place, this one place in the desert had three really good wells. So he was like, I've got water. LA yeah. doesn't have water. We've got water. This is totally going to work, guys. Three wells for 8,000. Three wells tapping into really deep aquifers that aren't going to run out. So they could use, they could pump their water right out of the ground. So okay. they didn't need rainfall. They Big didn't need deal. a river. There was a lot of water under the ground. So right. uh, the problem was when he built all these roads and flattened all this land to build on, he took away all of the like windbreak and erosion hold down. <laughs> so all the residents moved there and then like a wind kicked up and then the whole place just became a swirling dust storm. And that sort of dampened people's enthusiasm for California city real quick. So there was a thousand people there uh, and he keeps selling plots and he's got real estate people who are like out there shucking and jiving and like saying California city's the future, man. You got to buy some things. And it's working mostly with like foreigners who are just buying land in California for the heck of it. Um, And that lasts throughout the 60s. And he keeps trying to make it work. Keeps trying to make it work. He builds this place called Central Park that's modeled on New York Central Park. And he puts a lake in the middle of it. And to celebrate like a big milestone of this park getting done, he drops water from New York City from a airplane into the lake like he's trying Mm -hmm. he's trying real hard he named all the roads after different kinds of cars because it was the 60s so like there's a chrysler road and a ford road and that made people think it was cool and modern why not yeah exactly roads Roads my god (laughs) (laughs) um they got the population up to 1300 in 1969 uh but it's bigger, like, this is bigger than, like, most national parks. In 1969, Mendelssohn gave up. And he was like, you know what? I'm selling the rest of mine back to the city. Here so, 11 go. years. 11 years, blood, sweat, and tears. I've only got 1,300 people out here mm-hmm. to live in a place the size of Yellowstone. Here, have have my shares back. I'll buy, I'm, I want to get bought out. So, the city buys them out. But it doesn't die it just keeps going. And like the real estate craze in California starts to really heat up in the 1970s because they passed this weird property tax law that locks your property tax in at the time you buy it. Mm-hmm. Not percentage oh, wise, yeah. 
dollar wise. Hell yeah. Oh. So they're out there buying like these lots are $400. So they're buying land in California for $400, the taxes that are nothing, right? So somehow, despite nobody being there in the 1970s, they go from 1,300 people to 2,800 people. And then in, in 1980, and then by 1990, they had 6,000 people living in California hey. City. Okay. Yeah, which is doing good. And it's like, not Los Angeles. Right. But there's 6,000 people out here in the desert. So when they hit about 6,000 or uh, 2,000, they get to about 8,000. And that's when the wells start running dry. Right. Oh, no. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Because they well never did dry. like a full like geological study of how deep these aquifers were. And they were like I deep enough for a farm. I knew it. <laughs> but not for 8,000 people or, say, by 2010, 14,000 people. Whoa. Uh-oh. 2010? Yes. Yeah. Still there. Still chucking. They've got Are a they baseball still team. dust storming? Still dust storming. It's just in the middle of the freaking desert. How many people do meth? <laughs> All of Well, Someone here's the thing. Someone has to be. Just one person. Just one guy. <laughs> They've got a mayor. The mayor is very cranky about california city he got elected on the oh my god we have to turn this into a real city we gotta just stop sitting around here waiting for it to blow up Mm -hmm. so he's like we need like water and roads and electricity (laughs) more roads and stuff so when the medical marijuana (laughs) stuff passed um he made all these applications to the state like we want to become the center of the cannabis industry good idea because up till now the only real employer in the town was a private prison Mm. <coughs> you can imagine why they put a prison exist. out there. Where yeah. were people commuting to? Nowhere. They're just these are people who just meth want to heads. live in the desert. They're all meth heads for no money. Yeah, this is some yeah. Charlie Manson bullshit. <laughs> so the lots out there are still about eighty nine dollars a square foot, which in California is, I mean, hell, in Austin that's amazing. Yeah. So the cannabis industry is trying to like get a foothold there like the i don't know what aspect of it but they're trying to like make it like weed town california you need a lot of water to be weed town california but they're not growing it they're like processing it or storing it or like he he just banking it i'm not really sure what the plan is i didn't bother to figure it out it was just kind (laughs) of sad um and so, but they have this real little city that has a baseball team and a mayor and a police chief who's also the head of Parks and Rec and like, Naturally. you know, all this stuff um, on one tiny corner and all those roads that were built are still just sitting out there. Mm-hmm. And so all these tourists go out to just go like, oh, man, check it out. It's like a ghost town that never got built. Let's drive around on these dirt roads right. and steal all the street signs. Oh, But because... They're real streets in an incorporated city. The city has a responsibility to keep them labeled. They're on Google Maps. Like, if you look at California City and Google, it looks huge. Mm-hmm. So, they just started putting wooden posts up so that people would be less interested in their signs that just say the names of the, It's just, it's turned into this we- really weird, like, pseudo graveyard. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's it. That's the story of California <laughs> City, roughly the size of Belgium. Uh, sitting out there in the desert with only 15,000 people living there. They made a movie about it that sucks <laughs> in 2015. <laughs> about Sounds like a lifetime. Right. A post-apocalyptic wasteland or whatever. That's that's <laughs> number one. That's the first way. Mad Max with roads. That's the first way you make Fancy. a city in California. Number two is Colma. Colma will be familiar to anybody who has lived in the San Francisco area because it's kind of in San Francisco at this point. But what happened? 
This is my, I like this one. Is it funky? Well, Colmadina. Yeah. So, thank you. Colma is like weird in that if you look at a map of the San Francisco Peninsula, it's all built up, all built up, all built up. And then there's just this big square patch of green open space in the middle. And that's Colma. So it's like the last open land in San Francisco. But it's not really open because here's the thing. San Francisco, like, you know, was founded in, like, 1840, and then in 1848, there was a gold rush, and, like, immediately was overpopulated and had a real estate crisis. Like, mm-hmm. n- like San Francisco is, like, one never-ending real estate crisis. To this day. To this day. So, people are jamming into San Francisco, jamming into San Francisco. Uh, people get there. They haven't even, like, built out any sewage or anything like that. So, immediately, there's a cholera epidemic. And the, throughout the whole 1890s, people are dropping dead like flies. Mining is dangerous. People are dropping dead like flies. There's pirates who are shooting people, dropping dead. <laughs> lots of dead Everyone bodies. Everyone is a dead fly. Yeah. In Colma, San Francisco. You say the- cholera? Oh, yeah. Cholera. What Love year is the this? Time of 1890s. So this is like the early boom of San Francisco. Pirates were still around? Yeah. Trying Pirates to steal all that gold. Around. Pirates were in the Northwest? Yeah. This is like the horse thing for me. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, San Francisco had Didn't a big piracy cold? problem. Didn't stupid. they get cold? I'm so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they did, but they probably put on warmer clothes. Yeah, but they're in the open. Okay. Okay. The point is, a lot of people were dying. I'm going to ask Disney to make that movie. A lot of people were dying in San Francisco. So they're burying them all, as you do. No cremation back then, because religion. Uh, Cholera. Earthquake, 1906. Very famous. The Mm -hmm. entire city fell down. Lots of people died. More dead bodies into the ground. Okay. Flu epidemic. Oh, my God. Spanish flu epidemic wiped out more people than World War One. Lots more dead. Pe- and then the city burned down. Uh, is this a lot of burned up people? Geez. A city of the Middle Ages. This seems like a Ren fair. Yeah, right. <laughs> San Francisco was a fucking disaster for like seventy five years. Arguably, still is. But it was. Just- <laughs> Sorry, I'm cash sitting on the ground because I don't want to lean forward anymore. Okay, my headphones don't stretch that far. That's fine. I'm sorry. sorry. I mean, it was just a really cute ground, like. As, like can y'all see me doing this? <laughs> I was trying to not do that. Okay. So just imagine you've got um, all these people dying constantly because San Francisco's a disaster zone. They're on a peninsula. It's very hard to cross it because they hadn't built any bridges yet. So you couldn't bury people in Oakland or Moran or anything. It was all on the peninsula. Hey, man, if you don't build bridges, you can't burn bridges. That's a really good point. <laughs> Stay inside. Is it a good point? <laughs> I feel like it's a metaphor to just never make friends. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I cool. think some, that's probably, anyway. What was I? Oh, so yeah, all these graveyards in San Francisco. But real estate, need that. Mm-hmm. World War II comes, uh, you know, we're fighting against Japan. Turns out the California coast needs to have a lot of military. So now all the military people move to San Francisco and the bases and all that. And the bases need to be located where the graveyards were. Got it. And the people Haunted need to live bases. where the graveyards were. And all the people moving there to support them want to live where the graveyards are. So San Francisco has a major graveyard problem. So like, what do we do? Somebody starts up a little city down in the peninsula a ways, a ways from where everybody's settling and calls it Colma and says, give us your graveyards. And they do. <laughs> they just start 
digging up the graves and moving everybody to coma. No, this is all fucked up. This is all very fucked up. Just throw them all in the water. It'll be fine. Uh, It's... Well, they they care about the people or whatever, right? (laughs) The people. Uh, The people who died. So we're not talking like... The (laughs) corpses. The corpses. It's very important. Oh, my God. Wait. So they... What how many? Happened? How many are we talking here? <laughs> Hold on. Give me the body count. I'm gonna get to that. Let the first bodies time. hit coma. <laughs> Let the bodies hit the. Oh, I need to get back to like who? Because it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, there's this place called Cow Hollow that was oh, one of their Jesus. cemeteries. That's I like now that. just cemetery. Yeah, it was. And I'd it like got, to be buried in Cow Hollow. It got all dug up. Uh, they're all gone now. So, hold on. Where are the list of people who are buried in coma? I, can't I like find that it. it would have been very easy for us to get comfortable before we started recording, but... Oh my God, I'm wearing the same socks as you. Are you? Yes. <laughs> Legit. Hold on. That's so funny. I'm wearing the same exact socks as you. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. <laughs> I have two pairs of this sock, too. Uh, hold on. I gotta go to Wikipedia really fast and find this list because it's fun. It's okay. We're having sock drama over here. Yeah, and they're not just like plain white socks. They're the no. like kind of socks that yeah, say those something are, stupid. They on say them. I hate everyone too, and yeah. it's a girl with a pony. Yeah, I have, I have them on right now. That's so weird. That is really weird. Okay, so uh, the people who were dug up and moved to coma include. Uh, William Randolph Hearst. Oh, what? Wyatt Earp. What? Okay. Levi Strauss. Alice B. Toklas. Uh, Joe DiMaggio. I don't um, know Alice. Like these super famous people had been living in, mm-hmm. in San Francisco and they all had to get dug up and moved. Right. So there was laws passed to make sure that all of these bones were moved um, because you couldn't build on the remains of human beings. That was against the law. Okay. In San Francisco. So they had to move Unless on. Unless they're the, Native Americans. <laughs> well, or, yeah. Uh, Christians, right. So yeah. um, so they had to dig them all up. The but this was a lot whites. of graves at this point. So they just sort of just started digging, loading it into trucks and saying, yeah, we got it all. Mm-hmm. And then just sending the dirt and dumping it in Colma. Okay. <laughs> How many people did they get confused? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead. Uh, I think that probably most of them. Yeah. So... There's 17 cemeteries in Colma. It uh, eats up 73% of the town's land area. Wow. There's like, as you can imagine, the only job to have there is in a funeral home. There's yeah. just funeral homes everywhere because all of, to this day, all of San Francisco's burials happen in Colma. It's the <laughs> only land for it. 2,000 people live in Colma as permanent full-time residents above the ground. And they're all haunted. <laughs> There are two million graves. Wow! What? In coma, yeah. So for only two million people have died in San Francisco. <laughs> only two million people have been buried officially in San in Francisco coma. and then moved to coma. So for one, there's a hundred. Is that right? A hundred thousand dead people for every living person in coma. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Everyone's getting drunk last night. <laughs> So that's the story of Colma to this day. There's plenty of room. If you want to get buried, you get buried in Colma. Yeah, it's California. So yeah, they made a movie about it. It's called Colma the Musical. That sounds funny. I watch it. I love music. It was released in 2005. It's a real cheesy musical. Ooh, listen to that. Hold on. Sound. 
of cemeteries, car dealerships, and schools. New York's got New Jersey. San Francisco's got the place where Colma stays. Okay, hold on. Okay. Rock and roll, y'all. So not like a it's cool like, musical. No, it's like it's no. like Grease. Knock off Grease. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, they that's the Coma musical movie. All right. At the end, they fly off together in a yeah. coffin. That's how everything ends. Yeah. That's that's exactly how every song should end. It's true. Okay. Finally, the third California city is called Zizix. Mm-mm. It's spelled Z Z Y Z X, and Z-Z-X. it was bought. I don't know how to start with this one by a guy named Springer, Jerry. Pretty much hmm. trying to find out his first name. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? What's Jerry short for? Gerald. Gerald. Oh. I guess I was alone and not knowing that. Or yes, Jerome. It's actually the J version is Jerome. Okay. So. Do with it what you will. Do what you want with that. All right. Uh, where is it? Why? Oh, Curtis Howe Springer. There we go. So Curtis Howe Springer was a quack. He sold bad medicine. Okay. Okay. Uh, and the, in, did this in the 1910s and 20s before, mm-hmm. like, the government stopped you from doing that or even tried. So he became really famous uh, for selling, like, remedies like a tea that would keep you younger. And it was just laxatives in a bag, right? <laughs> it's just that kind of guy, right? I mean, it's been working for me. Right? You do look younger. Thank you. I've been pooping a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps me on my toes. So in the 1910s and 20s, the big thing you wanted to do if you wanted to get your word out was radio. Radio was where it was mm-hmm. at. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he got a radio show. And he got a radio show supporting the president, who at the time was, what's his name? Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. That one guy. The FDR. And so he'd hook people in by being like, yeah, I agree with your political views. And then in between, he would sell his medicines. This sounds like most radio now. It is. It's he literally invented radio as we know it, talk radio. Um, he invented the live specifically read. Yeah. the Alex Jones model of get people to believe your political views so you can sell them stupid medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And giant vats of oatmeal. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So he was doing this in 1930 or something. Um, but then like it turned out his medicine just made people sick and they were getting sued. So he got, he lost his like real official job. So he went looking around for another, uh, radio gig and he found one on like what was essentially public radio for back in the day. It was just like a community radio station. Mm -hmm. And then he wasn't getting as much traction with the new deal stuff because people were getting tired of FDR and then world war two came. So he went hardcore, what religious. Oh, that so, never happened. Yeah. So he all of a sudden finds Jeebus and goes super religious and his medicine stuff now is a miracle cure 
It's blessed, and if you send me blessings, Straight I'll send you medicine. God. Oh my gosh, he invented televangelism. You know what I wow. mean? Wow. So Curtis House Bringer figured this shit out. Is real a terrible early. person. Yeah, he's, yeah, he really started a lot of great trends. He is scum. Yeah. Anyway, that keeps catching up to him. He keeps getting chased out of town, so to speak. Um, I can't remember. You fucking bitch! Quit <laughs> chewing in the goddamn <laughs> microphone. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, he goes to California, which is where you go when you're trying to get away from people. And unlike the Mormons, you actually go far enough. Okay, so he, sorry, I'll <laughs> can't count that. stop in Salt Lake City. Come can't on. stop in Utah. What are you talking about? So he goes out there and Utah, he notices somebody Canada. lets him know about this place in Soda Springs that has a mineral spring in it. And it's a 24 square mile piece of desert in California. Now you know where this is going. Ooh. So he claims that he he gets it and he calls it the town of Zizix. Zizix. And he named it that to be the last word in health. That was his like brand new oh. idea. It's like the it's spelled so that it has to be the last word in the dictionary or whatever. Like triple A. So it's just him and his fiance in 1944 trying to start up this health spa on the Mineral Springs plus a radio station. Got to advertise your shit. Sure. All that. Plus, ideally, like getting people to buy pieces of the land from him so that he can make his money on real estate. He's mm-hmm. got all the swindles going at once. So he goes to L.A., hires a bunch of bums off Skid Row to come <laughs> and help him build a 60-room hotel, broadcast radio studio, church, and private airstrip. God. And castle. Hell yeah. I also feel like bums back then were probably just like really great people. Like way like, more trustworthy. I can't find a job. And you're like, I'll help you out. Upstanding yeah. American what year was citizen. That? No, they weren't. I bet they were. Oh. What year was that though? This is the late this is the forties. Yeah. So there's still people suffering from it's the, the greatest great generation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. And it's Skid Row in LA. Infamous yeah. for being a great place for bums. So his homeless quality bums of <laughs> construction workers, uh, you know, came and, and helped him build all this shit. Uh, and, and it worked. He had all of his buildings. He could broadcast his radio show, which was two sermons a day, religious music, donation requests. It works. People are listening. Mm-hmm. He's pushing syndication. Mm-hmm. He gets syndicated on 221 Whoa. radio stations Whoa. throughout the United States and another American 100 dream. abroad. Oh, my God. Sorry, Dale. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> and he kept that going for 30 years. Wow. Literally setting the blueprint for every so uh, radio scammer. So he also created syndication. This yeah. is insane. Yeah. yeah. So in 1974... He had started hawking in in addition to his medicines and his tubs of oatmeal Mm -hmm. land. He owns 24 square miles. He's like, you know what? Uh, You want to come be closer to to me, closer to God, closer to health. That's some culty shit right there. Closer to Mm -hmm. the conspiracy theories, whatever he's saying. You can come buy land here in California. Mm -hmm. You know, in the 1970s in California, you can get that property tax thing, right? Mm. That was, you know, come lock it in. And he is, he's selling it. And that triggers a Justice Department investigation. Yep. Oh. Because he didn't buy the land. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. He was just like, this is mine. I'm selling it. He staked a mining claim. Oh. So he was allowed to build on it because he staked a mining claim, but he didn't own the land. And now he started trying to sell it's it. It's a mining claim. Oh. So a mining claim is you don't own the lands, but you are allowed to build on it and dig from it. 
and okay. you get to keep whatever you find in the ground. So it's okay. almost like owning the land, but you don't actually own the deed to the land. So you can't itself. sell the land. So you can't sell so it. So what we need to do is find some mining claims in town and go build a house on it. Yep. Yeah. You can do that. You can cool. build a house. You Have just can't sell commune. the land. Uh, you can only sell the stuff you find in the ground. Anyway, so that he gets convicted. 1974, he gets thrown in jail uh, two years later for 50 days. When he gets out of jail, he's like, oh, I give up. And he goes and retires where? Las Vegas, of course. It's a good spot. Today, the place still exists. It's owned by the California State University system. Uh, where it's their desert studies center and they still use the buildings, half of them, the other half, the castle and everything are just kind of crumbling into disuse. They let the castle crumble? Come on. The castle was built by homeless people and not really a very good castle. Uh, Quality homeless people, lest we forget. Yeah. The good ones. Skid row, grade A, homeless. Mm -hmm. So that's the story of Zizix. Now, of course, it's California. It's a weird city. There's a movie made about it. 2004, movie called Zizix Road starring Tom Sizemore. Oh, okay. Catherine Heigl. Okay. Right, right. With uh, Grey's Anatomy. Before yeah. Catherine Heigl yep. kind of fucked herself. Yeah, oh, when she was at the height, height of her, of her like, yeah. popularity. Yeah. Got released in 2006, and it made uh, $30. Nice. Was it? Six people went to see it in the theaters. Uh-huh. It was released to theaters? It was released to one theater in Dallas for in one week. Dallas? Noontime showings only. Six people went to see it. Two of them were the makeup artist on the movie and yeah. her husband. Uh, and the producer ended up refunding them, so they really only made $40. Uh, and that was it. And it holds the record to this day for the worst box office opening of all ever. time. Yeah, not just opening, but like total cumulative box office of $60. Why did they even release it? Why wouldn't they just go straight to video? <laughs> so this is a whole other story. But in, in like... They, they shot it before Catherine Heigl started Grey's Anatomy and they released it after. So he was like really hoping that would work or whatever. And Catherine Heigl to this day says it was some of her most creative work. Spoiler alert, the movie is terrible. Okay. It's, it's absolutely awful. If you watch the trailer, you're like, what is this direct-to-video crap? Oh, I um, Tom Sizemore was thrown in jail just as filming was supposed to be started because he was kind of a bad boy for life. But you know, once he got out on parole, he shot the movie with them. He plays the bad guy. Uh, well, yeah. So they released it. Just to this one theater because they had to, because they didn't pay any of the actors scale. Oh, shit. They paid them below scale. And the deal with SAG after is you can negotiate that only if there's a domestic theatrical release. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea being, well, if you're going to give, if it's going to be for exposure. Right. Right. So they did just the bare minimum, oh which was a two week run. And he booked them at noon. So they that was knew the cheapest. it was trash. Well, he couldn't get a distributor. But he had the clock ticking on this deal with SAG-AFTRA. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, oh, by the way, this was a one point or a $750,000 budget. It wasn't like... Not huge. Not but huge, still, but... still, they lost almost a million dollars. Well, they but they didn't because Katherine Heigl got famous. And they released foreign rights for distribution and ended up making back like 300 grand on video sales. Okay. And then uh, Chud.com... Ooh. Remember that the mid two thousands guys. Yeah. Right? I kind of do remember that. Picked up the idea that it had the worst box office receipts of all time. Ran an article on it. Everybody laughed, and, and then Variety the saw that and syndicated it, and everybody laughed again. And the next thing you know, everybody's laughing about this movie two years later on Entertainment Weekly and the Today Show. Like, ah, uh-huh. oh, it's the movie that only made thirty bucks. Tons of great publicity. 
got it released on the video yep. and they made their money back. I'm sure. So, oh, shit. Yeah, just off like how bad their box office was. Anyway, it's a movie that's about uh, driving out to the Zizix Resort. Fun. So it's called Zizix Road. It's you... just driving there? Oh, uh, well, the things happen. People try to... It's only driving. People try to kill each other and, and Catherine Heigl's not wearing much. I think that's the plot. Okay. Based on the trailer. Uh, sounds yeah. like Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, so that movie became so infamous that a knockoff was made. Oh, God. Called Zizix. Just Zizix, not Zizix Road. Okay. To try to capitalize on confusion of people who were trying to go check out the movie that made the least amount of money of all time and accidentally rent this other thing mm-hmm. starring a bunch of douche bros who go drive to Zizix and beat each other up. Huh. Uh, so anyway, that's the story of Zizix. Zizix. That's fucking weird. In conclusion, California sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's the dumbest state. And I'm done. <laughs> Well, I feel like there's dumber states. Yeah. There's dumber states, but the history of California is real dumb. Yeah. There's a lot of real dumb in it. That checks out. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of real dumb. Ooh. (laughs) Tell us. Um, So I work in a tech-related industry, and there's this trend that has started, like, in the 2010s of... uh, People that have just like fucking stupid. This one makes me mad. Just like the fucking stupidest, worst like job titles. Oh, Um, yeah. um, I've got a couple at my company. Yeah. So like just some examples are digital overlord. Uh Is guru in this? Is somebody called? Okay. Uh, Technical and developer evangelists. Gurus, ninjas, and rock stars. Mm. Yep. Innovation Sherpa. Oh, yeah. This I feel one, like that's racist or like yeah. cultural appropriation. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because yeah. okay. you know it's some white dude. Also, um, yeah. by definition, Sherpas don't innovate. No. They take you up the path that they know exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they don't look for new paths. No. That's not safe. No. Um, that's a bad Sherpa. Stop doing that. Show yeah. me the one that works. Um,. <laughs> Galactic Viceroy of Research Excellence. Oh, oh my God. That person wears black t-shirts. The person uh-huh. whose title that is, is a man. Oh, oh yeah. Sure. Is a man. Uh, yeah, you can't have a female Viceroy. There's it's only insane. one of these I mean, that I'm like, that's definitely a woman. Um, Wizard of Light Bulb Moments. Um, what? I'm. This is making me mad. Yeah, that's not even a good nickname. Much no, it's a good job title. Light um, bulb moments. Get the fuck out. Yeah, security princess. Oh I no, like that. I don't like that. I like it. happiness hero. Is that like HR? Oh, HR. Chief heart officer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This is where I confess that my like, company has a chief vision officer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, CFO. Meme. CVO. CVO. <laughs> No, Chief? I meant vision with the. If F. we were working on fission, like nuclear vision, fission, we Chief would be making more money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> meme librarian. Uh, oh my god! This is just—is this everyone who works at Reddit? <laughs> <laughs> and then one that is personal to me because I because uh, it is your work title. in SEO is uh, Wizard of Moz. 
Oh, God. What does that mean? Seriously? Uh, Moz.com is a like SEO digital marketing website service thing. But is that job title at Moz? Um, Otherwise, you gave somebody a job title that references another company that they'll probably get recruited by. Right. No, it's at Moz. Maybe it's oh, like it's Kleenex. Okay. The something. CEO changed his own name to the Wizard of Moz. Oh, I'm sure he does. No he m- said that one time and his secretary was like, you're funny yeah and he was like i'm legally changing my title you're right to this. So i am Wizard funny of and also of like, brb got a micro dose Ugh, <laughs> yeah everything's a nightmare so what i would like to talk about is this guy who um was the digital prophet for aol <sighs> oh yeah well he probably he didn't uh-huh. really do a good job oh i like this guy he's funny so, Shingi mm-hmm. is his name. Um, <laughs> like Chingy, like the rapper? No, with an S. Okay. Shingy. Got yeah. it. Um, so, on his website, he is uh, he describes himself as Australian futurist, speaker, sure. creative director, strategic digital consultant, and entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. His business card when he worked at AOL... Um, had a microchip embedded in it and it read digital profit comma AOL and then underneath it said David Shing because that's his real name Uh Um, Mm -hmm. so I am happy it didn't say Shingy Um, (laughs) you can see a really good um, impersonation of him by David Cross on with Bob and David Mm -hmm. and it's Shangy yep Really didn't go too far off there. No. And he was making a six-figure salary at AOL. So, from what I've heard so far, (laughs) we're talking about the world's biggest douchebag. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Um, ugh, God. It's it's somehow more special than douchebag, I Mm -hmm. think, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's more delusional. You know, digital profit. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) I can't. I've been like my eyes are going to pop out of my head uh-huh. from constantly eye rolling, and I apologize for going <sighs> <laughs> in the background of, of everything you say because it makes me so mad. Uh huh. Um, so I've compiled different like pieces on him um, mm-hmm. from different time periods. So this one is from the New York Times in 2014. Uh, he describes his job as watching the future take shape across the vast online landscape. Wow. He goes to conferences all over the world, speaking or uh, just, you know, being there and getting attention. <laughs> he, uh, he, quote, I listen to where media is headed and figure out how our brands can win in that environment. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't we all? Yeah. Um, AOL Isn't that just work? That's just work. <laughs> uh, in 2002, and I think he joined up in 2007, but in 2002, AOL had more than 25 million subscribers, and in 2014, fewer than two and a half million. So he did a good job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Clearly so, seeing the future of media. Mm-hmm. Shingy calls it a company in transition. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, 
at the time of this <laughs> article, he so in 2014, he was 44. So now he's like 48, 49. Oh, my oh. God. He was in his fucking 40s yeah. when he was saying this shit. Mm-hmm. So he's a Dan Nine and millennial. Uh-huh. Okay. I thought he was um, like 23. No. Oh, my God. That's so much worse. <laughs> um, He... So uh, he wears black nail polish, high sneakers, uh, jacket, pants, and T-shirt are all black. Itchy. Um, and how then, how how overweight is he? He's not. He's not. He's like Maynard James Keenan size, like short and okay. skinny. Okay. Um, and when this guy from the New York Times talked to him, he had painted stripes of white paint on his clothing. <sighs> Did he Mentos it? Did he like go sit on like a, <laughs> a bench, a bench that was recently painted, and roll around on it? And yeah, he's just trying to get new ideas about the future. Yep. yep. Um, his hair looked like Beetlejuice, like it's just straight up and out, and it's also receding. Like it's green. very fun. Oh, it's so great. Uh, the chief, uh, he went into the chief marketing officer of AOL advertising and handed her an iPad Mini. Again, it's 2014. And he goes, I wanted to show you a little brain fart I had on the plane. (laughs) It was a cartoon. (laughs) It was a cartoon he had drawn of a bear wearing zebra print pants and a shirt covered in ones and zeros. And that's it? Mm -hmm. That is his... It's a brain fart. Brain fart? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jesus. And what did she say? She said... (laughs) Love it, love it, love it. I'm thinking of the bears more as a metaphor. But like, why? People are so stupid. Um, <laughs> he's really passionate about physical spaces. So sure. when a space is not working, mm-hmm. he reboots it. Mm-hmm. Uh. Mm-hmm. He takes everything out and starts over. He said... Uh, this is a space I recently rebooted for Tim, Tim Armstrong, the CEO of AOL. The room had been a standard office, and now the desk was gone, replaced by leather armchairs in a circle, and the walls were painted dark gray. Oh, so he's an interior decorator mm-hmm. and not very good at it. And Shingy was like, I, need, I still need to put some sound in here. So what he, did he draw a bear that... <laughs> also produce sound. Just paints a bear on the wall yeah. like a nursery. Uh, Armstrong said, I have meetings here and people don't know where to sit. <laughs> because it's just like four chairs in yeah. a circle. And yeah. Because that's not. Ugh, he's I very can't. passionate. Shingy said, they'll figure it out, man. Oh, my God. Shingy. And then in the same New York Times article, he uh, took an Uber somewhere and he was giving a speech and he said, I think some folks from Applebee's are going to be in the house. In the house. Yes. Uh, He didn't say hizzy? No. And then he said, I'm more of a caffeine-free, gluten-free, raw food sort of guy. Of course. But I am able to find something to like in every brand once I hear their story. Oh, my God. He told Applebee's that they're uh, to make their brand remarkable, reactive and relevant. I mean, I am all for Applebee's hanging out at the bees like 1 a.m. Yeah. (laughs) Drinking 98 cent PBR. Um, Everyone's talking about solo mo social local mobile. Oh, Oh, man. But they should be talking about. Ho-mo. 
which is home and mobile. What is that? Wait, like wait, a wait, 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 No, wait. like cell phones used on the couch. But he said everybody should be talking about homo. Mm-hmm. 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 Shingy. Mm-hmm. Shingy, shingy, shingy. Um, so then... Part of his job is not being culturally aware. He is the worst person <laughs> on the planet. I'm in convinced um, he'll be our next president. Probably. This is what we're well, coming to. Well, he's Australian. Um, I know stranger things have happened. So in Mashable in 2014, uh, so Shingy appeared in a short interview uh, on MSNBC, which is where he was like, I'm a digital prophet. Uh, Oi, I'm a digital prophet. Sorry, that doesn't that's sound wonderful. Australian that at all. That was so yeah, good. No, <laughs> being very cockney. Um, that was great. Sorry. Mm. So he's had his hair done like this since age 11. His Beetlejuice hair? Yeah, and his sister does it. Mm-hmm. Um, so like in 2014, everybody is like making fun of this guy. Uh, <laughs> Thank God. He explained his totally made up title by saying, at the end of the day, the internet is meant to be fun. So I don't take it too seriously. I'm a creative at heart. An evangelist? Who wants to be called an evangelist? Or who wants to be called an architect or creative? So I guess that's why he chose profit. Please tell me he's like right. down in the dirt now. Like he's a hobo on Skid Row building castles. He did. Yeah. So he, with this title, he never imagined the blowback. He said, in this new economy, I think it's a time and place for things to change, man. And we're in a place where people can look weird and they can have weird titles. But they're still saying things that are interesting. I didn't think I'd get flack for having a title of digital prophet. Clearly, I don't look like a prophet, my man. My man. He says my man. Of course he does. Um, my man. So you might Aww. ask why uh, embarrassing. <laughs> why he decided to work with AOL if he understands the digital world so well? Oh right, mm-hmm. um, because they paid him, and he they let him have that time. Why do I have a job right now? Because they pay me. That's mm-hmm. my motivation. Uh, he said that AOL, which owns brands like HuffPo, In Gadget, and Tech. All of which are so relevant. I know. Is the is in the right place to deliver content, context, and especially video. No, it isn't. Well, whatever, man. So the Guardian in 2015, they this article is about like, what is he? Like, is he conning them? Is he like Trying to warn people of right. like what the future can Is hold. He Does he to have photos? Jumpstart his sister's hair career. Right. <laughs> um, so it starts with like he could be cynically preying on a company with revenues and subscriber numbers that have been tumbling steadily for a decade, or maybe he's just a genuine oddball who's found the holy grail, a way to get paid six figures without really working. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's an oddball, though. I don't think that's I think oddball. he's yeah. delusional I think and thinks he's the coolest person on the planet. What's the word? Uh, uh, Snake Grandiosity. Uh, Piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
But then this article talks a little bit more about like the tech world's uh, idea of like magical thinking and hunger for oracles because we want to know like it's all going to be okay because you hear hunger all this for stuff. oracles. Yeah, uh-huh. casually uh-huh. dropped. That. That's the you know I'm reading okay. from this article. Um, <laughs> but like everybody wants to be told like it's going to be okay, everything's going to be great because people sure. are apt to say things like this internet thing's not going to work out. There's only going to be five computers available in the entire United States states like that kind of mm-hmm. shit right um did he after aol did he like move to blockbuster or something <laughs> Ooh, yeah so he think, went into I newspapers that was a career move that was available anymore but yeah um, <laughs> so there's like digital people that can tell you like snapchat's not being as secret as you think or like hotel wi-fi is vulnerable or facebook's real name policy like all of these things that are Duh. scary that you should know about um right. all the no duh stuff i mean that is look all our shit's I am out there in consulting i know what consulting is it's this is consulting mm-hmm. he's just exposed mm-hmm. it as it's fraud it's not fraud it's my job it's people getting paid to guess <laughs> well all of this is like yeah. honestly all of this is seo like yeah. everyone's like what's google's algorithm gonna be so this was like, I just got so mad about it. Um, so it could. Will you say what SEO is? Search. I think there's people out there who probably don't know the oh, anagram. Yeah. Most people don't. It's uh, search engine optimization. So like tricking Google into uh, giving your website results yeah. early on when people are like, how do I ship a car? Yeah. Like Google it right if now. If you Google it. Yeah. Yeah. You should if you Google it, they're just guessing what words you would Google to find their company, right? Uh, at the base, yeah. There's a yeah. There's a lot. There's that goes a into lot it, more that goes in. But ultimately, they yes. want to guess what you're going to Google, so they pop up first. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um. So then, in 2016. TheStranger.com, which I think is a porn site. Um, isn't The Stranger when you sit on your own hand until it goes numb and then you jack off? Okay, okay, okay. The Stranger is Seattle's alternative weekly, like their chronicle. And oh, it's I one that. of the most respected oh, okay. alternate. Like, Sorry. I, I would die to work at The Stranger, so I just want to stick up for it. Oh, they just had like porn-ish, porny advertisements they, on the side. And they're I was the like, home what is of this? Dan Savage, and it's an alt-weekly in Seattle. Okay, so they got run. it, got it, I mean, it, I feel it. like The Chronicle has a lot of weird sex shit yeah, in yeah, too. Yeah, that's true. Okay, that's sorry. how they get the money. I'm done. No, I'm, uh, I'm done. I'm I just love you The Stranger. <laughs> said that. So this is actually talking about like a Seattle conference that this guy went to. And he was like, um, so at this one, he described his actual job is to think about, quote, the etherealness of why. Holy fuck. <laughs> uh, and this guy said that his presence is manic. He talks so quickly and throws up so many product images, commercials, and emoji equations that you don't have time to think about anything he's actually saying or emoji if he's saying anything. Emoji equations. Yes, ma'am. No. Are those yes, just ma'am. pictograms? No. Yeah, that's um, hieroglyphics. Welcome to my This childhood. article did have like the guy's notes from the conference and he had like emoji equations written down. I wish I had copied and pasted those. Um, 
So he said that Poop the ex- emoji plus vomit emoji equals shingy. Shingy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he said the experience of listening blown. to shingy can be disorienting. You think for a moment that he's on to something. He'll show you a picture of somebody with like VR goggles. He's taking a selfie with a stick and he's saying like these people are like disconnected. Right. And right. you're like, yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. And then he'll say like, Okay, but how do we connect with the disconnected person inside the reality they have created for themselves inside the goggles? Yeah. It's podcasts. That's um, how you do it. Yeah, you definitely do it with Welcome podcasts. Welcome to your disconnected life. Yeah, I saw this guy at South by, and it is. It's just he talks so fast. You saw Shingy? Yeah. Wow. He was all over the fucking place about five years ago. Yeah. He was like the future. I wasn't going to interactive at South by back then. I was just doing music. My eyes were rolling so hard. (laughs) So. Still are. Still are. Permanently hurt my eyes. In an article from Ad Age in August of 2019, Mm -hmm. David Shingy Shing. (laughs) (laughs) Shingy Shing. The self-proclaimed digital prophet is leaving his post at Verizon Media, formerly known as Oath, after spending more than a decade with Verizon-owned group that includes AOL, Yahoo, HuffPo. Oh my God, I forgot that Verizon bought AOL. And a horde of other media properties. As of 2018, is that when you said he left? 2019. AOL is the California city of tech companies. Yes. (laughs) They just built like this huge thing thinking the next thing. It's just instead of getting more people, they're getting way Less less people. Yeah. It's just slipping through their hands. And now Verizon picked it up for like whatever, 50 bucks or whatever yeah. they bought it for. Um, so he said, after over a decade of enjoying the work I have done within AOL and Verizon Media, I've decided it's time to explore a new path. Oh, yeah? when going to be an innovative Sherpa out there? <laughs> when I started in the <laughs> security princess, when I started in the business. <laughs> thought bubble guru. Oh, Whitney. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, when I started That's in this good. business, I was a consultant running media and marketing for AOL Europe and ended up being an intrapreneur oh. within Verizon Media, oh. becoming a digital prophet, inspiring audiences, educating brands and agencies, and providing a unique perspective on what the industry needs to advance forward. At some point, he had a boss who had too much faith in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm almost more mad at that boss. Yeah, it's yeah. Tim well, Armstrong. That and being a white male also made him very well. He's yeah. a, headstrong. He's he's a shingy. He's just I'm just shingy. He's just shingy. Just I'm just be being shingy, shingy about it. Um, Verizon <laughs> declined to comment on this story. <laughs> Good. Um, it's unclear who Verizon will. Verizon is embarrassed by shingy. Who will replace him or where he's headed next? Who will replace um, him? <laughs> They don't give a fuck. Like a fucking Alexa oh would be God. better than Shingy. Can you imagine the HR meeting? Like, so should we backfill Shingy? <laughs> <laughs> um, he plans to work autonomously with brands in the future. He said that becoming a father in 2017 has also been a transformational experience. Quote, it has highlighted the passion I have for helping things grow and seeing them thrive as well as becoming more deeply human. How old is he in 2017? How old is he now? Late 40s. He's, yeah, 48, 49. Yeah. Okay. So 
You know what he's going to be? He's going to be a grandpa dad. No, you know what he's going to be? What? A stand-up comedian. Probably. In Australia, you have to be really racist to be a stand-up comedian. I bet no, he he's going to be a... He is so funny. He's going to be a conference circuit, Dan Ninen-style stand-up comedian. Shingy Ninen. Um, <laughs> at the Cannes International Festival of Creativity last year, the Digital Dawn... Okay, this is, again, from an article... Uh, and fixture on the conference circuit told Ad Age's Brian Breaker that he wanted people. Is it people Ad Age? Is that what? No, Ad Age. Ad, Ad Age is a place. Okay, it's a um, magazine. Okay. Well, uh, it used to be a magazine. Now it's a website that used yeah. to be a magazine. Uh, Brian Breaker that he like wanted all of them should be right. People to yeah. become less digital, adding, "There's quote too much attendant anxiety, too much shallow, useless content." That's making us all miserable. That's true. And I'm miserable now. That's Shingy Baby. Gross. What's Shingy Baby's name? David Shing. No, Shingy's Baby. Oh. Shingy's Baby. Oh, God. I bet it's actually Shingy. I bet he named his son after his own nickname. I bet you he named him Jesus. Yeah. Or like. Yeah. Gandhi. Jesus Martin Luther King Shingy. His name <laughs> is Jesus Martin Luther Shingy oh Junior. God. Junior. <laughs> uh, or it's just like his um, name is Krishna. Krishna. Maybe it's just like uh, what was it? Uh, <gasps> no, no. His his name is Verizon AOL Shingy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably named him after his company. What was that chat client that was like around when AIM was, but no one used it, but it was big? IRC? No, there was like, it, I feel like it had a flower icon. Microsoft MSN know. Messenger? No, but I did fuck with that. Yeah. Because you could still get into chat rooms yeah. after AOL kind of shut down. Yep. I liked chat rooms. I miss them. I never went on a chat room. I was terrified of it as a child. My mom was, well, one, we didn't get internet at my house until way late because we were poor. And uh, yeah, chat rooms, they were like, that's where sexual predators are. And I was like, cool, I'm not into that. I am into waiting for my crush to get online. That's it. Oh, I fucked with chat rooms. (laughs) Dang. Well, this woman speaking of chat rooms speaking of chat rooms <laughs> this woman definitely never fucked with chat rooms because she's definitely born in 1783 Hell yeah. so uh All right. let me tell you the tale of theodosia nice which i love that name that, that is, is a winning a good name. name theodosia burr alston okay nay Theodosia Burr, because she was the daughter of Vice President of the United States, Aaron Burr. A noted traitor. The traitor. Mm-hmm. And Theodosia, her mother, Barto Privo. Barto Privo? Barto Privo. P R E V O S T. Oh, man. Yeah, she's got a hell of a name, her mom. Barto. Barto Privo. Sorry. <laughs> That's it. Goodbye. Um, Okay. So like I said, Theodosia was born June 1783 in Albany, New York. Unork. Unork. Um, Unork City. A woman of the United States for sure, despite having a traitor father. Um, She was born a year after her parents were married. Um, 
she grew up mostly in New York City and Aaron Burr, her dad, was crazy obsessed with her education and super, super strict uh, in addition to having to obviously know English backward and forward properly like the back of her hand. She had to know French very well, music, dancing, all the things a little 18th century socialite should know. Okay, She's, you know... That's what she is. She's pretty popular. She's being the lady she's supposed to be. Um, Her and her dad would, they wrote thousands of letters to each other constantly. Um, He, every time she wrote him a letter, he would respond with detailed criticism of her her letters and how she should be writing them. And that sounds real fun to me. What an asshole. Um, Theodosia's mother died when she was 11 years old and that made Aaron Burr even closer like made him even more psycho about her education and social education okay um she had to get trained in the arts like she's a super super well-rounded young socialite by age 14 she starts to serve as the hostess of richmond hill which was the burr estate Mm -hmm. which is now in what's considered greenwich village um excuse me um (laughs) when aaron burr was away his daughter would obviously like take up the reins, do all of the stuff. Um, she hung out with a bunch of famous people. I would say their names, but I don't think anybody knows who they are now. Um, in 1801, Theodosia married a man named Joseph Alston. He was a wealthy landowner from South Carolina and became the 44th governor of the state of South Carolina. They were the first couple to honeymoon at Niagara Falls. Oh, wow. Governor of South Carolina. 44th. Still. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is like the 1700s, right? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 1801. Oh, I guess if you count like colonial times. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's an original, right? Yeah. Isn't governor like a British word yep so maybe there were british governors governors yeah. you never know people and I guess died real quick back then too so yeah. maybe they yeah. were just like fallen <laughs> dropping like flies as karina would say they're all buried in um <laughs> so supposedly this marriage was kind of strategic because aaron burr was losing money and he was like hey why don't you go marry this guy and theodosia was like fuck it i don't care yeah so they got married describes the life of women in that yeah, entire century pretty well very true yep. um their first child their son who obviously they named aaron burr alston was born the following year in 1802 excuse me um <laughs> but it's old sorry it i only burp a shitload when i have to talk i don't know maybe it's a thing um (laughs) after the birth theodosia is kind of in a fragile state and she starts to travel around to all those fancy places like going to mineral spas and Um, that type of shit postpartum's a hell of a it is uh especially back then um and she's traveling around blah 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 she's uh Aaron Burr then 
gets into some hot shit, her dad, in 1807, he is arrested for treason because, um, what, he was trying to break up Louisiana? He was doing some treason. He was doing some treason. Um, And this is after Hamilton, right? No, this is Hamilton. Yeah. So The treason? The treason part? Hi. Um, (laughs) So Aaron Burr goes into exile and... Theodosia is kind of running the show. Uh, while that's happening, her son succumbs to malaria and dies in 1812 at the age of 10, um, which really fucked her up and affected her health even more. That made her decide that she was going to travel to New York. In, this is after Hamilton. Sorry. Yeah. She's going to try. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Aaron Burr famously shot Alexander. Alexander. I forgot that it was while he was vice president. Yeah. Which is. Hamilton. Can you imagine a vice president just shooting somebody while they're vice president? That I would never happen. I mean, I don't. Dick Cheney shot oh, yeah. someone. No, I know. That's why I was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Mike Pence is. Sorry, I'm like shooting to the party. people too. So. Um, <laughs> Ross Perot. <laughs> That'd be. Yeah. R.I.P., you know? Yeah. Um, so she's going to travel R. up to New York, and she's, but she was going to join her dad, who was returning from Europe, and she decides to wait until December for God knows why. Okay. So several months after the War of 1812 broke out, Theodosia's husband is sworn in as the 44th governor of South Carolina. (laughs) Sorry. Um, He, because he's the 44th governor, he is also the head of the state militia. And he can't accompany her on her trip up to New York um, in December. And he sends this guy who he's friends with named Timothy Green he has medical background, blah, blah, blah. Um, they're setting sail on a schooner called the Patriot, and it's going from Georgetown, South, South Carolina, up to New York. It was a famous schooner. It was said to be super fast. It was built as a pilot boat. It served as a privateer during the war. And, um, yeah, it's like a kick-ass boat. Everybody loved it. <laughs> um So the schooner's captain is William Overstocks, and he wants to make this trip up to New York super fucking fast. Uh, The ship was likely laden with a bunch of cargo that included proceeds from privateering raids. So I guess they were kind of doing that on the side. Okay. Um, And then they leave and... Nobody on the Patriot is ever heard from or seen again. What? Boom. They get on the boat. The boat disappears on its way to New York. Nobody knows what happened. Immediately. It's like some Amelia Earhart shit. Yeah. Immediately following the Patriot's disappearance, people are like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Obviously. Rumors. Here we go. <laughs> people are saying that it's been captured by pirates. Uh, they think it happened uh, near Cape Hatteras. Okay. Where's that? Mm. I would assume you knew. 
our Massachusetts. geographer. Um, that part of, it. part of Cape Her- Hatteras is uh, kind of treacherous and is notorious for wrecks. Oh, I am so wrong. North Carolina. I was going to say. Yeah. All right. So they went up Virginia, one state. North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Much more pirates and hurricanes. Yeah. There. Yeah. Aaron Burr Less believes lobster. that his daughter died in the sh- in a shipwreck. That's what they think happened. Well, duh. But um, like, what kind? Yeah. And why? Most people say, hey, could it's some something else. type of shipwreck. Oh, yeah, like an abduction or something. Yeah. Or, it yeah. could have been. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's start with what could have happened. So what had happened was. Yes. People <laughs> thought certain people thought. The Patriot had fallen prey to the wreckers known as Carolina, quote, bankers who operated near Nags Hill, North Carolina, and were known for pirating wrecks and murdering passengers and crews. Cool. Cool job, bro. When the sea did not serve up wrecks for their plunder, they lured ships onto the shoals and then they would jump in it and like fuck up all their shit, kill everybody, and rob it. Um, that happened a whole lot. And in relation to that, Mr. J.A. Elliott of Norfolk, Norfolk, Virginia, said that in the early part of 1813, the dead body of a young woman, with every indication of refinement... <laughs> had washed ashore at Cape Charles, Charles and Cape had been Charles. buried on his farm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he just buried this woman? Yeah. So they were like, bones. oh, look, another body. She looks pretty fancy. Yeah. Let's go bury it. found a dead body wearing a nice dress. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. just buried it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Could have been her. Mm-hmm. Um, That's weird. The <laughs> weird move. It's probably the nicest thing he could have done. Yeah, but now you have this like fancy bitch haunting your house. That's true. In the state archives, archives. He didn't bury her in the house, did he? No, on no. his farm. Okay. In the state archives in Mobile, Alabama, they said that the Patriot had been captured by a pirate vessel captained by John Howard Payne and that every on por- person on board had been murdered by the pirates, including, quote, a woman who was obviously a noblewoman or a lady of high birth. Uh. So those are two basically the same. That's two choices, sure. Two choices. Um, (laughs) The most romantic legend involves piracy and a Karankawa Indian chief on the Texas Gulf Coast, which is way far away. Um, Yeah. Supposedly, the chief of the Karankawa Indians... Um, was a warrior who wore a gold locket that had Theodosia inscribed on it. He claimed that after a terrible storm, he found a ship wrecked at the mouth of the San Bernard River. He heard a faint cry and jumped up onto the ship and found a white woman who was naked except for a gold locket chained to a bulkhead by her ankle. I like this. I like this one, too. This is good. She fainted upon seeing the man, and he managed to pull her free and carry her back to shore. When she was revived, she told him she was the daughter of a great chief of the white men, 
Okay, wait. Which sounds racist. Now yeah, it's starting but that's to sound also made up. Like, that's, I mean, that's be the interpretation or whatever. <laughs> she said she was the great, the chief of a great white man who was misunderstood by his people and had to leave his country. Okay, it's adding up to. Uh, no, no. She gave him the locket and told him that if he ever met any white men, he was to show them the locket and tell them the story. And then she died in okay. his arms. They had me up until like the actual movie got wrapped yeah. up mm-hmm. neatly. Um, American folklorist Edward Rowe Snow published. Oh, yeah, Rowe Snow. I like it. Published an account in Strange Shingy Tales Shing. from <laughs> Strange Tales from Nova Scotia to Cap ha- Cape Hatteras, and um, a woman. It had kind of things that alluded to it for example a woman named harriet sprague s-p-r-a-g-u-e made a sworn statement before a michigan notary in 1903 claiming to corroborate details in a novel concerning a confession question um she described the confession of a pirate named Frank Burdict and his shipmate when the Patriot was attacked. In Burdict's version, the pirates left most of Alston's clothing untouched, as well as a portrait of her. And then wreckers from the first mm-hmm. theory discovered mm-hmm. the deserted Patriot. One of them took the painting and the clothing and um, after that, a legend arose in Baldhead Island, North Carolina, that Theodosia roams the beaches in search there of her painting. That's what I'm is. talking That's about. Lisa Find wanted. your painting, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Get that She's painting. going to. Yeah. Um, so that portrait is called the Nags Head portrait. I don't know why, because it's, it's just a straight up portrait of a woman. Um, but I guess she's a nag. It's probably Uh, after the location or something. Nags Head sounds like a place. It is a place. You're right. So an elderly woman in Nags Head in 1869, a physician was treating her and he noticed an unusually expensive oil painting on her while on her wall. Um, the woman gave it to the doctor as payment and claimed that when she was young, her first husband had discovered it on a wrecked ship during the war of 1812. Um, the doctor became convinced that the portrait was of Theodosia and contacted members of her family who agreed, though the doctor conceded that they cannot say positively that it is Theodosia in the painting because none of the people that were still alive had ever actually seen her in person. <laughs> um so, so like yeah yeah she looks it looks burrish. like her yeah um slightly yeah. burian that's the disappearance of theodosia burr um i'll yeah i think she I became a pirate i think yeah i, I bet think she's they uh, just shipwrecked Knightley. and they can't find right, that Whitney. shit that's my uh, guess i think she, i think it's a Kira knightley situation yeah exactly yeah, yeah. You like and your I pirates of the Caribbean and then references. and then like she became a pirate, but then like the pirates turned on her because mm-hmm. of some superstition, chained her up by the ankle. That one's my that favorite. whole thing ended up in Texas, and mm-hmm. all of it was true except for all that last words bullshit. 
right. was a mystery to that you person. You must find them. Until somebody pointed out the piece of jewelry, and then that person was like, oh, well, I found this lady, and then someone else embellished mm-hmm. the ending. Whoa. That's what I think happened. Whoa. Let's make the American version of Pirates of the Caribbean, and it'll be about it, Theodosia Burr. The American... Isn't it yeah, already the American version? It is. Like, we made it here, but aren't they all, like, British, and it takes place... Well, it, they're British because far away America wasn't a thing yet, but it's in the Caribbean. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're the pirates of. Holy shit! <laughs> I just—I've only seen the first one, and most of it, I feel like, happens right. when they're British. Orlando type and them people. are Brits, and he's like a British sailing captain, right? right? Anyways, right. whatever. Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Yes. Probably takes place in the Caribbean. Most of it. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, until they go to the, wherever he goes, Hawaii and stuff. I didn't watch all of the movies. I haven't. Lisa has. Did you? I haven't watched all of them. There is a part where they go to a swamp area in like Louisiana, probably. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to, there's definitely like islands, but it does seem like it's not in the I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know. I watched the first one 17 times in theaters, but... I don't know why you like to say that that, so willingly. I just think people should know me. She just likes the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. I really did. I used to listen to it in my car while I was driving around. It's good drive music. It is. Yep. Well, what did you learn? I know what I learned. People drop like flies. That's what it is. That's true. Yeah. Let the bodies hit the floor. I yes. like that. Uh, everybody dies except for Shingy. Yeah. <sighs> like I will live forever. Yeah. Let the bodies hit the, what's that city? Coma. Let the bodies hit the coma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody should the funky the coma. Comadina. Uh, I should probably feed my children. Oh, I yeah. gotta pee. Okay. Me too. Wow. Shing, Thanks shing. for listening. Every time I come around the corner, shing. Anyways. Follow us on social media for yeah. more updates about who's getting married and who has to pee <laughs> and whose kids need food. At Weird Brunch. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>